Hey, Sammy. How's it going? Hello. Good. How are you? I'm good. Happy Happy Friday. Yeah. Happy was, Friday. Was finally. Week? Yeah. How was your It was week? good. It was good. It was busy, um, but got a lot done. So that's nice. Finally getting into the rhythm of a schedule with, you know, my new, my new schedule. So it's been nice. How about you? It was good. It was good. This was a busy week. Um, I think a lot of people, I, we can kind of catch up personally, I guess. I think a lot of people have noticed, I haven't really touched on it, but I'm no longer a coach for Fit Body Fusion, which was an amicable, friendly split. I'm still an athlete with the team. Jamie's still my coach, but I'm coaching independently now. So there's definitely been That's a little awesome. bit more work just to get things transitioned. Yeah. It's, it's what I was doing in 2022. So I've had both experiences and I ultimately, this is the best move for my clients and myself. So mm -hmm. I'm excited for it, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of awesome. behind the scenes work. Thank you, Sammy. So it's, it's great having a friend like you where we can push each other, support each other and all the things that we're doing. Yeah. And when I, when we met each other, we were both at our, actually, no, maybe, maybe I had just left, but you were still at your normal job when I met you. You were still there. And like, I th I think it was a couple, cause we met in technically if I competed in 2022 we met at the end of 2021 oh, you're right you're right yeah okay. so you Not, were still show. yeah we were both for still show, working your show I had like just left basically mm -hmm. in March of 2022 yeah so we were both yeah back back in our you know normal office jobs not that long ago so it's pretty cool yeah, to see what both of us yeah so yeah. how and about, it's um, cool too, like in my perspective, like working with you and having someone to be able to go to, to be like, Hey, cause I'm growing my clientele, like, and I'm growing my posing side of things. So to have you as almost like a mentor and a business partner is super cool. It's nice to have like our, just the dynamic of what we do. Like you're more established in your career in terms of training and posing. So to be coming up in my career with training and posing to have you as like a mentor and a business partner is super awesome because I can kind of like bounce ideas off or like ask for help if needed. So it's nice. Just the, it's nice to have someone doing the same thing that you're doing, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, f I feel the same way about you because you're much farther along in say like your YouTube <laughs> and influencer platforms than I am. And it's, that's where I'm trying to get. And, and you and especially Chris are so much mm -hmm. more tech savvy than I am. Like I'm, I'm decent, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at figuring things out, but I'm not yeah. like a full-time programmer the way Chris is. And he's just so right. handy with all that stuff. So it's great to have your support and input and, and guidance and all of this. So I feel like it's neat because we both get to learn from each other. Yeah. A hundred percent. So Cool. How about awesome. um, this, this week was Valentine's Day. Did you guys do anything? No. Okay. So I do love Valentine's Day. So I'm like on the fence about this, but it's so much of like a Hallmark holiday that we don't do anything. And yeah. So my sister's yeah. anniversary, like her wedding anniversary is Valentine's Day. So I was like, I'll take the kids, go out. It's your, like your actual anniversary, like not just Valentine's day. So I watched my nephews, I picked them up from school. So my sister could go out and have, you know, the day with her husband. So that was nice, but we didn't really do anything too crazy. Nice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the funny thing is I feel like the years I'm in a relationship versus the years I'm single, it's totally different. I feel like when you're in an established relationship, Valentine's day doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Because you're just like, all right, you, I guess we can go to dinner, but like it feels forced. 
And then yeah. when you're, I think when you're single or like you're newly dating someone is when it seems so like, oh, it's such a big deal. You know, what are we going to get each other? Are we going to go out to a fancy dinner? All of that. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. It's like, I feel like it doesn't matter once you're in a relationship and it's only when you're like on the outside, like looking in, you're like, oh, I'm yeah. missing out on this thing. But yeah. And two, I feel like it's also one of those things that people put so much pressure on. And it's like, and that's where, like, I know we talk about this all the time, but like social media, it's like, if I want flowers, I go to Trader Joe's and I buy myself flowers. Yeah. If my husband buys me flowers, it's special, but it's like to be forced for him to be like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. I have to buy her flowers. It's like almost like it's like, I don't expect it, but like, because it's a holiday, it's expected. Whereas like, if it was just like a random Thursday and he brought home flowers, I'd be like, wow, this is so special. Uh -huh. Because, like, a holiday didn't remind you to buy me flowers. Like, you thought of it on your own. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I feel like sometimes there's, like, just so much pressure to, like, okay, who's going to post the biggest bouquet of roses on Valentine's Day? Or, like, look what I got. Like, that kind of stuff. As opposed to just being, like, done on a random day being more special. That's kind yeah. of how I feel about it. I agree with you, too. And whenever, <laughs> whenever I see some, like, giant, you know, bouquet on Instagram or something, I'm like... Did that influencer chick just buy that for herself or did her man actually buy that? Like, yeah. And to like, let's be like, real. If, how you're, much... if you're one of these like full, like full, full-time influencers, right? Like that's your full-time job. You yeah. were planning out your Valentine's post probably like weeks in advance of what you were going to share. hundred percent. So I'm so cynical. Yeah, no, I think I was thinking that too, like, because I saw, and I hate to think this way, but like being uh, in social media, like I just, I get it. I understand it. So like so many people are posting close up pictures of flowers and I'm like, did someone actually buy you that though? Like, it just makes me yeah. wonder. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what else is going on? We've got the Arnold coming up really soon. Yes. Um, yes. We have the Arnold all, is I guess a few things. So we have, before we get to the Arnold, cause that's a bigger topic that I definitely want mm -hmm. us to talk about. We have the first local, I guess, local show for Southern California next weekend, the gold coast classic mm -hmm. muscle contest. Yeah. Um, I'll be there with toxic fun. angels. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. That'll kickstart my show event like season yeah I didn't know what word yeah. to use I, I was gonna yeah. say debut but that's dramatic <laughs> like you should just make it make it dramatic like how all of us do our suit color reveals like everyone just can't wait to know what color yes. we're gonna wear and it's always you know? green blue red or like, yeah it's probably it's probably it's like one of it's probably that person's favorite color shocking yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's going to be my debut next weekend. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, right. And then we have Arnold the following weekend. So I'll be there with Toxic as well, which is exciting because I've never. So back in the day when Chris and I first met, he was with bodybuilding.com. So I've worked expos, but not as the person who works with the company. I was just like a tag along. So like, it's mm -hmm. super cool to actually like the company like I'm with the company who is inviting me there so that's it's really cool to kind of you know full circle moment there being you know in the industry and being the one in the industry as opposed to you know my significant other being the one in the industry so 
that's exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It'll be so fun. It's, it's mm-hmm. a long, long, but really fun. Um, I did it the last two years for toxic and actually for you, I think it'll, I'm hoping you'll have a really good experience. I think the challenge for me is like, I was still keeping up with all my client check-ins being a full-time mm. coach. So it's mm-hmm. a lot to be there all day, um, trying yeah. to get workouts in and also keep up with check-in. So I was kind of burning the candle at both ends each year that I was there, but it's so fun. Like yeah. the expo has really bounced back from 2020 when they didn't do an expo. Mm-hmm. So it's so much fun. And like the, I don't know if they did this year or not, but the last two years, the toxic angels booth was in a really good spot to watch prejudging. So when oh, they would have okay. the prejudging for, you know, classic bikini wellness, et cetera, you could see it right from the booth, which was cool. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. So, so hopefully you guys are in a good location again this year. Fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. 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 That'll be exciting. Yeah. Cause I went last year just as a spectator. Uh, that was my first year being at the Arnold um, so now to be working at this year is pretty exciting. So. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. There's a part of me that wants to be impulsive and just buy a flight, but I'm trying to calm down that part of my brain. Yeah. We have a house yeah. if you with extra space. Don't say if that. You impulsively just have, sorry, sorry. Never mind. We don't. No, <laughs> it would be a couch. Like, as, soon, as soon as we're done, I'm going to be like on kayak in like Southwest. Like what are my flight options? Mm-hmm. That's okay. okay. Well, good to know. Um, yeah. So I think those are, I think those are our major updates. And then the last one is maybe we'll just touch on it super quick is how we're doing and what phase we're at in our competition preps or off season, whatnot. So how are things going with you, Sammy? How's your off season? Good. Um, it's going good. I'm definitely back on track, which is very good and exciting to be able to say. Um, I have a handle on like what I'm doing in terms of you know, a plan and just like the motivation being back in it. Um, my calories are going up, which is awesome. I finally got the results back from my GI map, which is also very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So for the most part, for the most part, everything was great. Like the lady that went over my, um, like my results with me was like, your gut is like literally perfect in the most optimal ranges, except for two things, H pylori and some bacterial overgrowth. Um, so super, super small things, very minor, which is awesome. Um, she's like nothing crazy that we would have to put you on antibiotics. So we're doing like a holistic approach. So basically just nutrition, specific types of training, things like that. So I'm going to get that blueprint here pretty soon. And then Kyler and I are going to start implementing it more into my actual day to day. Nice. So I'm very excited about that. Um, yeah. Also, low stomach acid, which is causing the lack of appetite. So gonna start, oh. you know, revamping that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, I'm glad I finally got answers. I never yeah. want to have to do a stool sample ever again. But I'm like, you know what? The one time it was worth it because I actually have answers now. So, and another thing that I found out is that H. pylori causes acne which I suffer with cystic acne horribly. Yeah. And I'm on medication yeah. for it. So when a she lot said that, that it's a gut gut issue. Yeah. Oh, and it's, uh, like I trying to reconnect. I started to hear that more and more as I got more immersed in the industry, but like never really thought of that initially being a thing. And like my dermatologist never mentioned that being a thing either. So I'm just like on, you know, acne medicine. Um so now that I have answers with that, I'm like 
excited that we're yeah. on the path of like not yeah. only fixing my gut and increasing my appetite, but getting rid of my acne as well. So yeah, that's awesome. It kind of makes yeah. me, uh, although although stool sample doesn't sound fun, it kind of makes me want to do one. I don't think I have any like significant gut issues, but even just finding out info like that, you can, you know, adjust your diet, adjust your supplementation protocol. Like, you know, yeah, that is really exciting that you have some answers for your skin. Um, mine's better, but I've, I used to struggle a lot with cystic acne too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I took like about four years ago, I did a course of Accutane that made a big difference, but oh, wow. you know, yeah. that, could, that could have been gut related, you know, that mm-hmm. the reason why I always had cystic acne. So very yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. How about you? How's your mm-hmm. off season been? It's good. I'm a, it's a, it's a little bit like, uh, I don't know, the, expression for it right now could be like failure to launch. Like I feel like I'm constantly trying to like jump into an off season and I haven't really been able to, because now I have to go back and actually this afternoon, I need to schedule it. I have to go do blood work for the fourth time. Um, okay. So, um, I did it once and mm-hmm. I accidentally was taking ZZ Quill instead of my THC for sleep. Okay. ZZ Quill for those that don't know, I got the idea because I saw it on Jeremy Bundia's vlogs. I Uh didn't realize the active ingredient is basically Tylenol. Tylenol is very stressful to the liver. So I got my blood work back. It looked like I was about to have like liver failure. I was like alcoholic or something. And I freaked out at first because my levels never looked like that. It's definitely not from anything I'm taking with like PED wise. And so I had to go redo that. So, you know, let myself detox, stop taking the ZZ Quill, did it again. Um, I did it again and my practitioner through hormone logics, which is a clinic that a lot of fit body fusion athletes work with, um, they wanted other hormones done. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, or no, wait, what happened? Oh, so they wanted more done as well. So I went back a second time. When I went back the second time, there was an issue with the tourniquet, which caused, I guess, some of the cells, the blood cells to rupture and my potassium came back looking critically high. Like I'm about to have a heart attack or something like that. So I had to go redo it, but, and I just got the results back this week. Things look good. However, they forgot to include all the extras from the redo from the second time. So I'm going to have to go for a fourth lab work. And then at that point, hopefully everything is good. Yeah. And I've got everything that everyone wants. Um, I can kind of, you know, think and plan and actually consider, okay, am I competing this year? If so, when? Um, Because I've just kind of been in, you know, that detox phase that you've come out of post-prep because I really ended my prep Mm -hmm. in October. So that's, that's where I'm at. Um, I feel really good. I feel strong. I'm, you know, eating about 2,900 calories a day, which is, you know, not even that crazy given that I'm very tall and I I weigh like 170 right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. And then I'm working some type of expo for OCD, Tracy of OCD Cookie Co. Oh, the sweet. week after the Arnold. Yeah, I think there's some expo at the LA Convention Center that's like fitness or fitness equipment. And she's okay. got a booth where they're going to be, I'm going to be demoing fitness equipment. So she wants me to be leader. So I'm tightening up my eating. I'm not going to be indulging in as many treats and things. And I'm going to do my best to get yeah. a little tighter and just more impressive looking over the next couple of weeks to do a good mm-hmm. job for that. So that's kind of where I'm at, but training's going great. Um, you know, food is good. And, um, you know, I think any little diversions or just times where I haven't been as consistent, that's behind me now, especially kind of transitioning 
back into coaching independently. Yeah. So that's exciting. Super exciting. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm excited for our topic today. I think this is a great one, given that we're closing in on the month of March, we're going to talk about how to know when you're ready to prep. And this is the time of year where a lot of people have either started or are considering starting a prep. I know a lot of, a lot of my athletes, I'm sure some of yours have too, have hit me up to be like, Hey, Laura, like, when are we, you know, when are we doing shows this year? What can we pick Mm -hmm. out? And so we'll talk about all the, all the ways that you can tell, is this an optimal time or when would be an optimal time for me to start a competition prep? Cool. Um, But yeah, so with competition season starting, um, I think now that, you know, the pro league schedules out, muscle contest schedules out, and I'm sure, you know, most organizations across the U.S. have their, you know, schedules pretty much ready to go for this year. I think this is definitely a great time to kickstart this topic. Um, And two, even for people who are just thinking about competing, not someone who, you know, maybe has done a show before and they're like, am I ready to do one again? Maybe it's someone who's like, okay, you know, I want to start training to build the muscle to then step on stage, but what do I need to know? Right. I feel like a lot of people just kind of throw themselves into bodybuilding in terms of the competition side of things without truthfully knowing like what to expect and how to know when they're ready for it. Because I think some people, it's a hard pill to swallow. Like you don't realize how much prep actually consumes your life when you start prepping. So they go into it with this mindset or, you know, with this mindset that it's going to be either a piece of cake or it's going to be the hardest thing they've ever done in their life. And then, you know, they're pleasantly surprised or the complete opposite when they do start um, because they weren't really prepared for it. So I definitely think that these are some important topics to touch on um, for someone who's considering it or thinking about doing it again. Yeah. Yeah. It can be hard, especially whether you're brand new or you've competed before and you're just trying to improve. It can be hard to know, okay, what are all the boxes I should check off to confidently know that this is a good, not just an okay, or not like, you know, I can grit my teeth and make it through, but this is a good time to start a prep. I'm in a place where I'm ready. I've put my body and my life in the best place possible. And I think that's, that's a big thing people don't think about is not, it's not just here about your physique. It's really where you're at as a person and where your life is at. hundred percent. So okay, why don't so we, let's... yeah, let's go to the first slide and this will kind of guide our discussion. So this was mm-hmm. from my team call the other week. So I think financial readiness is probably the biggest part. Um, And we do have, um, I think we talked about this a little bit in a couple podcasts ago, um, just like the cost breakdown of everything and, you know, what you need in terms of finances and how to budget for a show. So if anyone's looking for more depth information for that, you can definitely go take a look um, at our last one of our last podcasts on that. But I think financial readiness is super important because people don't take into account, they think of the prep, but they don't think of show day. So show day is kind of where I think the most financial responsibility comes in, you know, through prep, you know, it's, it's spread out over 12 weeks, but your actual show is one day and you're spending all of this money on this one show. So I think that's something to kind of take into consideration. Go watch our last 
podcast on budgeting for it and what the average cost for everything is. But I think this is definitely the biggest one. And financial readiness and financial responsibility can cause more stress than anything else, especially during a prep. And during a prep, you want to make sure that your stress levels are at as low as possible. So this is definitely a big one to kind of break down and and really go through, especially if you're in a relationship. If you're in a relationship and you're living with that person, go over it with your partner. Say, hey, I know this is something that I'm, you know, taking on personally, but I want to make sure if you guys share a bank account or whatever the situation may be, right? Because obviously if something happens, it's going to fall back on them as well. But it's like, hey, this is what I'm about to put myself through. Is this okay? Do you support me on this as well? So I think that's definitely the biggest factor yeah agreed and i and you're right if you have a if you have a partner significant other you live with that's huge and especially too if you have a family like with children (laughs) you should not be putting yourself in a risky financial position for the sake of competing you should not be going broke to compete whether you are single married unmarried kids no kids like never put yourself in a bad position just because of competing it is so not worth it Mm -hmm. so you know if it's if you're truly not there like get a second job save more money you know keep growing keep building your muscle and compete when you're in a good place like do not put yourself in a risky position just to compete that's it's so silly and so unnecessary yeah and you want to be able to enjoy the process you don't want to be you know you don't want to have any regret or remorse or any negative connotations towards competing. So you want to make sure that all in all you are, or like, you don't, you don't want to resent the sport essentially. Like you want to be able to do it for long term and, and be happy and excited the whole time you're doing it. So you don't want any resentment there. For sure. For sure. And then I think, um, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with free time, you know, both of, both of, uh, you know, financial, and time freedom, those are precious resources. Those are finite resources. We only have so much money. Um, we only have so much time. And I think that's a, that's another big one that people overlook too. So for you, Sammy, how like how could someone tell if they have enough time to legitimately do a prep? Yeah, so I would say just thinking about your schedule, right? So I, I can say my first prep that I did, I worked a nine to five. And I will say this goes two ways. So look at time freedom and see if you have it, but also don't let that be your crutch. Don't let that be your excuse. So it's look at your schedule, right? If you work a nine to five, then you work a nine to five. But what's you have, uh, you know, five from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. What are you doing from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m.? What are you doing in those eight hours? That's eight hours that you have left in your day. So do you have children? Do your children have sports? Does your significant other have anything? Or if you're single, do you have, you know, uh, do you have a pet? Do you have family members that you help? Do you have, you know, other, um, pro- like prior commitments or engagements that you do throughout the week that would hinder or, you know, can get moved around for your workouts, your posing sessions, meal prepping your food, stretching, mobility work, things like that that are going to benefit you during a prep. So it's taking a step back and looking at your schedule and seeing, hey, can I fit a two-hour workout in here? 
can I fit a 30 minute posing session in here? On Sundays, can I take two to three hours to meal prep my meals for the week? Things like that, being a, like being really real with yourself and saying, can I fit this in my schedule? And mm-hmm. not using it as a crutch. Cause I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, like I know you have a lot of clients too, people use time as, oh, I, I don't have the time to do it. Oh, I'm busy. But they spend two hours binge watching Netflix at night, or they spend an hour on their phone in the morning scrolling through social media. So it's like, there's three hours right there that you could use to benefit you in a competition, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a good point. I think the biggest mistake people make when they're trying to figure out their time freedom, because there are, don't get me wrong, there are challenges. Like I think especially moms who work and have a family, they have the biggest time commitments, right? Because you not just mm-hmm. have, you don't just have yourself to think about. You have the kids, their sports practice, their activities, um, you know, social events with family, things like that. And so the biggest life hack that I can recommend for anyone, competitors, non-competitors alike, is you need to be using a calendar system. I've had clients in the past where it blew my mind, like especially some of them were moms who were working and they weren't using any kind of calendar to organize their life. And I was just like, one of them, this was like maybe two years ago. I was like, how are you a lot? Like, how are you surviving? How is your life not just like this swirling mass of chaos? Because she had multiple kids. She had a full-time job. She had a husband, like a home. And I just didn't understand. I'm like, how are you, how do you know where you need to be when? Like, how do you know all this stuff? Like, aren't things slipping through the cracks? And she was kind of like, oh yeah, I guess they are. And then once she started using a calendar, it was like her life got so much better because she had control. And so if you are Mm -hmm. not using a calendar, that can be a paper planner, that can be Google Calendar, that can be your iPhone's native calendar tool. Any of those things are great, but you need to organize your time. When you organize your time, you actually get time back because now you see, okay, here are the necessary things I have to do, like go to work, take the kids to school, and then here's all my free time. So if you're not doing that, make sure you are doing that. And then your comment about like, oh, there's three hours that you just got back if you weren't watching Netflix or scrolling on your phone. That's probably about how much time you should assume you need during your prep each day. And that might sound like a lot, but the, some of the bullet points, um, it may be a little small in the PowerPoint, kind of indicate that, you know, when we're deep in a prep, especially as a female competitor, bikini, wellness, figure, women's physique, women's bodybuilding, um, men, you know, the blessed few can probably get away with less cardio than <laughs> we can most of the time. Um, and some women don't have to do as much, but for the most part, you know, a good rule of thumb for a bikini athlete is say, just assume you'll be doing an hour of cardio by the end of your prep. That's not even as much as some people do. That's a very normal amount and it's a significant time commitment. So you've got your cardio, you've got your actual workouts, which will probably be five to six days a week for at least an hour or an hour on average. Maybe your upper body days are shorter, like 45 minutes. Maybe your leg days are like 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to practice posing. So let's assume we have an hour for workout, an hour for cardio, Posing practice, you're going to need to pack your meals, eat your meals. You're going to probably want to stretch out or do some type of mobility work easily. There's three hours every single day when you're in the, when you're in the thick of prep, like maybe not at the beginning, but by the end, you need three hours per day, essentially. Yeah. Um, So that's not, (laughs) that's not for the, that's not for the faint of heart. If you're truly too busy, which you might be, you need to know that before you just jump into a sh- you know a prep plan for a show and realize halfway through oh I can't actually do this. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And I think, too, we've kind of, you know, touched on it in both of these financial and free time. But I think during all of this, a support system is is so important. Having a support system, having healthy relationships in your life, right? So I think this is one that gets overlooked and almost used. Sometimes people use this as a reason to compete because they don't have healthy relationships in their life. Like I've seen it a handful of times where people are like, okay, I'm competing because X, Y, Z happened, which is great, right? It's, it's great to have that motivation, but you want to make sure that mentally you can put your all into it and that mentally the relationships that you have with the people around you are very strong. Not everybody obviously in your family is going to understand what prep is, why you're packing your meals, why you're bringing a Tupperware container out to a restaurant, things like that. And uh, like, that's a given a lot of people, a lot of people go through that. So that's going to happen. Don't use that as a reason of saying like, oh, I don't have a strong support system, but it's the people who are going to understand, like, after you've brought that meal prep container to the family function three, four times, they're like, oh, she's dedicated. That's what that means. I didn't understand it at first, but now I get it. Even if I don't understand it, I get that she's passionate about it. I get that this is a goal for her. This is or him or her. Sorry. This is something that they want to achieve. So they they support you even if they don't understand you. But I think having healthy relationships is definitely going to be something that's super important because you don't want to be in the thick of prep. Training for two to three hours, you know, that like you just mentioned, and then having to argue or having an unhealthy relationship with someone in your life because that's just going to add more stress to your day that's unneeded. And you, like I mentioned before in the financial readiness, you want your stress levels to be as low as possible. So you want to just make sure that everything is kind of in a groove and, you know, functioning like a well-oiled machine during prep. And you're not having to subconsciously worry, like, is this person okay? Do I have to worry about this person? Can I, can I do this without worrying about, you know, how this person's going to react or, or things like that. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that's definitely one that gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It can truly make or break you. And I'll use an example for myself, like my first show, which was actually the gold coast classic back in 2017. So seven years ago, essentially from this coming weekend, the ex-boyfriend I had that I had moved to California with, my competition prep kind of became the breaking point in our relationship because things weren't working. He had tried to prep and he didn't get all the way there. And I think he felt a little bit um, just like low in self-esteem about that. And then I was doing it and, you know, things just were not clicking and he would find ways to try to undermine me. Like there were so many weeks where like three times a week, he'd be ordering pizza delivery to the house. And meanwhile, I'm eating like less than a thousand calories, just starving so frustrated, so annoyed that there's like delicious smelling pizza in the house. Um, and so it got tough. And, you know, that breakup happened during that prep. Um, and at the same time, too, you can also have such random but awesome, you know, support like loved ones or a support system that you wouldn't expect. Like for me, my first few years competing, I was at the 24 hour fitness in Irvine super early in the morning. And it was all the same people there. 
and they all see me, they all saw me change for my first show. They saw me in my off season growing, getting bigger. And I was there like every day for just like years. And so they really got to know me. They really supported me. Everyone who was there at like 5am kind of knew each other. And even my old coworkers in engineering, like that was a very fitness focused office. And so a lot of my coworkers just thought it was like super cool what I was doing. They would always ask me questions. They would ask me fitness questions. And I was like the default fitness person in the office. And at one point, one of the owners, even the owner of the office manager came to my show Excalibur in 2018, which was so cool. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. So, you know, you can also lean on people that you wouldn't expect or find encouragement even if you don't have like, you know, a spouse or a boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, those direct immediately close people in your life, or maybe your family's far away, you know, things like that. You can find a support system kind of anywhere if you seek it out and you're a little bit outgoing. Um, So you're right, Sammy, that's huge. I think we've covered this one pretty well. So why don't we um, pop over the next slide? I know we've got a bunch of other little metrics and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Alrighty. So, um, do you want to touch on a realistic schedule? Yeah. So this one, it's, it's may sound like it's the same thing as free time, but it's actually not. It's more into the actual roadmap of the plan. So this is, this is more getting at, okay, if you have a specific show picked out, are you giving yourself a reasonable amount of time to get ready? So for us in Southern California, there are shows like every month we're blessed we're very, very lucky. Muscle Contest, Center Podium, all these produce event producers are amazing. Um, but if you have a specific show picked out and say there's only one in your area, you need to know confidently that you have the appropriate amount of time to get ready. You don't want to get through your prep, be closing in on that show date and realize like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. Like I haven't, I'm not bringing the right thing. This isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I intended. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that one's pretty straightforward and you can also kind of lead on a coach to help you figure this out. Yeah, absolutely. And then too, I think with that, a strong mind and attitude is super, super important. Like we said, being able to lean on a support system, you have to make sure your you yourself are in the right mindset and have the right attitude about it. Because yes, while it's important for those people around you to support you, if you're not supporting yourself and you're not confident in yourself and what you're doing, then no one else can help you. No one can, no one can lift the weights for you. No one can eat the food for you. So it's really you doing the work. And if you have a negative attitude about it and you're like, I can't believe I I'm only eating this many calories, or I can't believe I have this much cardio to do. That's why it is so important to know what you're getting yourself into. And making sure you're going into it with the right mindset. If it's, if, if you're going into it with a why me attitude, instead of like, a I know I can do this attitude, then that's an, an initial just red flag. Yeah, absolutely. And that also, I think goes hand in hand with having that healthy relationship with food. You've got to be good from the inside out. It's really prepping, competing. It's truly mind over matter. And if your mind is not there, it's not going to happen or it's just not going to be a good outcome, even if you can white knuckle it all the way through the prep. So a healthy relationship with food, something like that would be, you know, there should, there should not be any type of binging behaviors going on. Um, Your diet should be healthy. You should be eating mostly whole foods, nourishing your body. Your calories should be in a good place. You shouldn't 
You shouldn't be eating so little calories that there's nothing to diet on. There are, you know, I've had clients in the past where they come to me and they're like, oh, I really want to compete. And, you know, they're, you know, maybe like five, seven, 150 pounds and they're eating 1100 calories on their own. And I'm like, look, hon, you're not eating enough for me to even diet you. So you've got to get yeah. over this fear of food. And, you know, you, I'm not going to, I'm not going to set you up to gain weight, but you got to get over this fear and, you know, trust that food is fuel. And then once we know that you're good to go and we've got your calories up, now we can prep you. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways that that one can present. Um, but you're right, Sammy, like you've got to have a, a winner's mindset going into it. You can't be thinking like, what was me or, or wanting the prep to be a cakewalk? Like, yeah, maybe you want it to be that way, but like, that's not reality. Like it is what it yeah. is. Like your body's going to respond how it responds. Um, so you just got to be ready to like show up and do whatever it takes. Yeah. Or even the opposite of that, you know, like social media makes prep seem like it is the most wretched, horrid experience ever. And it doesn't have to be like that. So I feel like a lot of people take that and run with it also. And they, in prep, just, you know, like extrude this, woe is me, this is so hard. But they only do it because they see other people doing it. When it's like, take a step back and see, like, it, is this actually hard? Like, are you actually struggling? Or are you only saying that to be relatable because that's what you've heard otherwise? Like, how much cardio are you doing? What are what are your macros at? Like, how do you feel? It doesn't matter how, like, you could be doing two hours of cardio, but feel absolutely amazing while you're doing two hours of cardio. Mm -hmm. Not that many people would feel that way probably, yeah. but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you can be eating, you know, 1,200 calories, but you're feeling full, you're feeling satiated. Obviously, that's not ideal if we put our bodies through some crazy things during prep, but it's like taking that step back to being like, am I just falling suit to what everybody says this is supposed to be like, or is this what I'm actually feeling? So having that strong-minded and that, that will to actually understand where you are yourself as opposed to where everyone's telling you you should be. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're you're right. It's easy to just see things on social media and assume that it's all true or like assume prep is horrible. And I think there are people that feel that way. But my perspective is the people that feel that way probably are just not that passionate about bodybuilding. I think there's mm -hmm. a lot of people nowadays that compete for social media attention or just attention in general. I think there's a lot of people that um, do it as a way to force themselves to stay on track because they literally can't stay on track any other way. Like they have to commit yeah. to a bodybuilding show to like take their diet and training seriously. Uh -huh. So I think some of that is legitimate, but yeah, it's easy to, you know, assume that, oh my gosh, everyone's saying it's so hard. It must be. So just, you know, if you're strong in your mind and you're emotionally intelligent, you can, that will carry you a long way in bodybuilding. So don't underestimate yeah. the importance of mental and emotional strength. And it's something you can grow just like your muscles. It's not like you've got to be the toughest, most wise healed person out there. But if you're not like, Hey, work on that. Do the inner work too, mm -hmm. not just outer work. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Why don't we, let's shift gears and let's talk about some more of the like physical components of readiness for prep. And that's kind of what the last few points on the slide are too. So yeah, Sammy, so, how, would you, how would you know if a client is like ready? Yeah. So I would say um, inter- here we have sufficient muscle mass and less than 30 pounds to lose. So just their structure in general, like understanding their muscle development where their weak points are, where their areas of improvement are, if their areas of improvement are achievable in this, you know, X amount of week time frame that you've given to prep for a show. Um, and I think must like muscle mass is the, is super important because if you do have more than 30 pounds to lose, you truthfully don't know what your muscle development truthfully looks like right so if you have an excessive amount of weight to lose you don't know what you actually look like in terms of your your you know muscular skeleton what that looks like that is what you are being judged on on stage right if you're you have symmetry if you have development things like that so i think it's super important to make sure you're starting at a great point how do you handle that with clients it's a good question sammy and it's it's a there's not maybe a scientific formula, but it's kind of a formula with a lot of variables that you factor into the equation. So whether someone's new or previously competed, you factor that in. If someone's new, you kind of want to look at them and try to assess, okay, how much muscle do they have? If they've competed before, have they made substantial improvements to their last look? Have they brought up the areas the judges want to see them improve on or if they never got judges feedback? Like to your eye as a coach, have they if they if they need bigger glutes, have their glutes grown enough to have something noticeable by the time you mm-hmm. cut all the way down? Um, so that's something. What I also like to do too for athletes that I've never prepped before, ones that I've prepped before, I kind of get a rhythm of their body. But ones I haven't prepped before, I always like to have them also do a body fat test, whether it's in body or DEXA, to actually not just to my eye kind of you know assess how how much time I think they need. But to like quantitatively say, okay, if the DEXA says they're this percent, and I know that a competitive level of conditioning on a DEXA for a bikini competitor is about this range, how many weeks do they need? Um, So that's, that's a way you can assess. You can also use that as a tool to kind of assess, okay, do we have less than 30 pounds to lose? That's kind of my like hard and fast cutoff. If someone has for sure more than 30 pounds to lose, I don't want to put them in prep yet. I'd rather just kind of go through small cutting mm-hmm. phases, small reverses to get them leaner and lighter first before we're doing yeah. the, you know, intense prep diet. Because the more, the more intensely you're dieting, the longer you're dieting, the more muscle mass is going to be lost in the process. Yeah. So that's kind of how I gauge that. And some other things we touch on too, um, that we'll touch on in just a second, like, you know, as far as the muscle mass, all that, obviously it's a formula. You have to understand where the client's head is at. You know, if they're just like dying to get started and they just want to try it, that's different mm-hmm. than someone who's like competed before they're seasoned, they're going for right. a pro card this year. Um, you have to understand their life. Do they have, you know, are they going to be out of the country for an entire month over the summer and they definitely can't be in prep then, you know, you kind of got to factor mm-hmm. in a lot of, a lot of variables in as the coach to understand what strategy makes sense for that person. But physically it definitely matters your starting point with how much muscle and, and body fat you have to lose. Yeah. And I think the point that you have made too, is if 
someone's ready, but they're not necessarily at their peak of muscle mass, still putting them on stage to experience it and see if it's something that they even want to do before taking that time to put on all of this muscle mass and then, you know, be ready to get on stage. And then they absolutely hate it. And now they resent the sport. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also too why, especially for brand new competitors, I prefer to always prep brand new competitors naturally unless they mm-hmm. have some type of history of PED use or some other extenuating circumstance, maybe, maybe for health reasons, they need to be on TRT. And that's, you know, while the intentions are there, they're not technically natural. Um, right. You know, I think that's always a good idea too, for first time athletes, because they should learn how to see if they can diet, you know, see if they can truly follow yes. diet, see if they like it before they put themselves at risk for any health issues, you right. know, or comp or complications or, you know, effects to their femininity, which we are seeing more on the amateur stage. Um, You know, it's just kind of for sometimes new competitors, it's like, hey, let's just, you know, give it the good old college try. Yeah. See, see how it goes and do your best. And then, you know, if you loved it and you want to keep going, okay, now we can kind of strategize and really build up your body and, um, you know, think think long-term competing. Yeah. And then what would you say, so is there like a starting point that they should be at in terms of cardio or how do you handle that? Yeah, I pro- I mean, it's not, there's so many ways you can do this and there's plenty of athletes that break this rule, but my personal preference is I don't like, especially my bikini competitors, doing 30 minutes or more of cardio most days out of the week to maintain their body weight. If you're doing, if you're doing mm-hmm. that much cardio, I mean, just understand that whatever cardio you're doing prior to the prep, that is your baseline entering the prep. Like that is your, if assuming you're maintaining your weight, right. That is your baseline to maintain your weight with your existing calories. So most likely what that means is your cardio, unless, unless the calories dramatically get dropped, the cardio can only go up from where you have it. So if your starting point is 30 minutes, you are likely, especially as a bikini or wellness athlete, going to be doing a stupid amount of cardio or I mean really any female athlete yeah. you're going to be doing a stupid amount of cardio by the end of the prep you know to the point where it's like okay do you have two three hours do you have the energy to do this are you just going to be losing so much muscle mass because you're doing crazy cardio sessions seven days a week um so that's yeah that's my personal preference yeah no I think that's definitely definitely a great starting point. And I'm experiencing that now in my own, you know, in my off season, lowering my cardio so it can be utilized, you know, more if needed during an actual prep. And I think that's some, sometimes people feel like they need to do the most amount of cardio when they actually maybe just need to increase the intensity of their training and, you know, offset it that way. Yeah. 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 That's huge too. This is huge. I would say this is the biggest, like the biggest thing is self-research um, before you compete. Like what, what, what does it take for you to qualify for a national show from nationals? How do you get your pro card? Things like that. What, what federation works best for you? What federation has shows around you? What division works best for you um, and your body type and your, your current, the current state of your physique. And I would say that one is definitely, while it can be, you know, kind of self-decided, that's kind of where a coach would come in um, and help guide you in the right direction. Um, and then, 
you know, do you live in a state that has any competitions? If not, what's the closest state that has a competition to you? And then that kind of circles back into the financial planning of it. If you do have to travel, can you afford the travel, the hotel, the airfare, the, you know, the gas to get there? If you have to drive, you know, far, things like that. Um, definitely doing your research to kind of know A to Z what you're getting yourself into before you get into it so that you're not taking these, you know, 12 to 16 weeks to prep. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I, I can't do this or I can't afford to do this, things like that. So um, definitely doing your research in terms of competing what you're about to get yourself into and, and what goes into it too. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right, Sammy. And I've had that. I I know athletes where that was the case where they're, you know, getting close to that target show date and they realize like, Oh my gosh, I literally don't have the funds to do the show. Like I can't go to nationals. I can't do this second or third show this year that I planned. And I'm, you know, a few weeks out and I've told all my friends and family I'm doing it. You know, there's nothing, yeah. nothing worse than setting yourself up to not be in a good place or athletes that, um, you know, sometimes too, this comes down to the coach, but like, you know, I remember meeting athletes where it's like they're doing wellness and figure and their body doesn't really look like either. And it's like, yeah. what, you know, what was the, what was the thought here? Those are two completely uh -huh. different looks, Very. you know, and, and the physique doesn't match up to where it should be for any division. So like what, yeah. what, what went wrong in all of this? Cause it's, you know, I've met athletes like that. And most of the time, if you have, or if you, even if you make it all the way to your show day, if you have a bad outcome that could have been avoided by a little bit of forethought, it's, it can be kind of devastating. Yeah. Especially if you go in with, with a very specific result or expectation. And this is something you want to do. Like it's something you're passionate about and something you grow to love and you want to continue doing, but you have a bad outcome because you didn't plan properly. Then there's now a negative connotation in your brain against competing. And there's some resentment and, it's all for something that could have been prevented. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we just kind of walk through this, like developing that plan, we've got some prompts here, like, okay, which federation are you going to compete in? So that's essentially like, are you going to do NPC? Are you going to do INBA, which is a natural federation or OCB, another natural federation um, that are, you know, here in, in the U S are you going to go do the WBFF, which is, you know, based out of Australia, but they've got shows here. Which division are you going to do? You know, what does your body fit into? What do you like? You know, where are you at in your development? You know, are you going to do a show by you? Or are you going to travel? Do you have the, you know, time to take off work to do it? Um, do you have the funds? Do you have, you know, all of, like you mentioned, all the travel logistics? Have you kind of thought through all of this? Um, that's, that's a huge piece to just setting yourself up to be successful and making sure that you don't have a, you know, false start to your competition prep, which is, it's just frustrating. And I think ultimately too, when you have either a, a prep or a partial prep that doesn't result in a show or a prep with a really bad outcome, it can, it can kind of lower self-esteem. I've seen that. Yeah. I feel like I've experienced that in myself, like even just little mistakes or little things that don't go your way. They can, they can really hit us hard because we put so much into this. So you really want to yeah. let yourself up for success, do your best. And um, maybe on a future episode, we can take more listener questions and answer individual questions about, you know, gauging the timeliness of our prep or determining all of that too. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like this isn't, none of this is to, you know, scare anybody or, you know, make you second guess yourself or, or question anything. It's really just eye opening. Like obviously Laura, Laura made that PowerPoint based on things that she's known and, and just experienced from talking to clients, talking to other competitors in the industry and just things that you commonly see, right? Those are going to be the, the main things that a competitor deals with or should expect or, you know, should have in line. Obviously, everyone's prep is going to be different. Everyone's going to run into different obstacles. Everyone's lifestyle is different. Everyone's, you know, situation is very different. But I would say taking those three things, financial, free time, and relationship, you know, support systems into your life, into your circle, into your bubble, and seeing, okay, how does this work for me? Does this work for me? So it's it's more just like an eye-opening educational thing as opposed to like, don't compete because of these three things. Like there's ways to make it work. It's mm -hmm. just, you have to be willing to do those and willing to maybe put some other things aside to make it work or, you know, sacrifice a few things that aren't as important if this is something you really want to do. So I would say definitely don't get discouraged use it as fuel to make it work and yeah do the or show use it really what it's intended for is like use this as a guide to map out your thinking you know that's we i've learned i learned because there was no info back then it's like you know use the info and tools you have so that you can really do your best and just crush it and know confidently like okay if i line up everything appropriately i'm gonna knock it out of the park on my show day yeah. So, well, I think we covered this pretty well. So any, any last Definitely. thoughts Amy, before we wrap up? No, I think that was, that was everything. That was definitely a great topic, especially for this time of year, as people start to approach competition season. Yeah. Awesome. And then very exciting. We are going to be recording our first episode at the new in-person location next week. So we That's can't so wait to share that with you guys. So before we let you go, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. If you're listening on an audio platform, give us a five-star review, share it with a friend, tag us on your Instagram stories, slide in our DMs with any questions. You can follow us at Laura underscore IPB Pro at it's Sammy Joe underscore um, bikini underscore things, the podcast and uh, bikini things.com. So thank you guys so much and we'll catch you in the next episode.